We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, Mike, and Gerson Rosas, President of Basketball Operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves, just completed his first draft. Because of NBA rules, you cannot talk specifically if a trade was made or not. Uh, that has to be announced uh, a little bit later on when, uh, when based on a collective bargaining agreement, but he can talk about uh, what it was like to go through that first draft. Gerson, thank you for joining us. No, thank you. I appreciate it to be on, and thanks for protecting me legally there. <laughs> what uh, what was it like, that draft? Now, what, you, you obviously got a strategy going in. You got a plan B, C, and D. How did it play out? When you when you go through a process like this, it's always the unexpected, and uh, we really felt strong about our preparation. Uh, and when things start playing out the way you prepare for it, it's a good feeling. Uh, but I would say this, a lot of times you do the same work and you don't get the results, and that's what made this night special in that, you know, we, we did what we needed to do, we were prepared, and we had something to show for it. But we're very, very, uh, we feel good about a strong, productive night for us. How do you feel about uh, your second pick? We read a lot about your, your first pick. Your second pick, for people who follow uh, West Coast basketball, he was a player of the year, looks like a good player. We're very excited about Jalen Noel, you know, a young player who's accomplished a lot early in his career, was part of a good team and a good program at Washington that won a conference championship and had an NCAA run. Anytime you can get winners in your program, those are important components to success down the line. We've got the Pac-12 Player of the Year, you know, at 19 years old and a guy who can play a couple of positions, who's got good size, who's got good athleticism, who can shoot defend and has some versatility to him you know he needs some work you know in order to develop his overall game physically and on the court but we're excited we feel like we've got a guy there who not only is going to come in here and work but over time he's going to develop to be a contributor for us at some level Gerson I think you could talk about this the the summer team because uh, uh, you signed uh, Jordan Murphy from the Gophers someone we're very familiar with uh, again, outstanding statistics, and it speaks to how difficult it is to even get drafted in this uh, uh, in the NBA because there's so many great players that don't make it in the second round. But uh, can you speak about his skill set and what you saw? Unfortunately, we can't talk. Okay, we about, can't talk uh, about that one. <laughs> yeah. Forget that question. No, never forget, happened. I never asked that question. <laughs> but what do you try to get out of the upcoming summer games? Because uh, uh, in Houston, one of the things that you guys did, and obviously we saw Toronto with a lot of guys that were not lottery picks. Uh, what, what can you get out of it? What, I mean, do you expect a lot of guys stand up in Iowa out of there? What, how, how do you gauge it? No, that's a great question. Uh, for us, player development is going to be one of the fundamental pieces for not only the NBA, but the G League. And for us, we have to go out and find the best talents we can find. And that's a big component of the draft, the guys you pick and the guys that you can get undrafted. So for us, uh, we've got a system in place where we want to identify the best players we can identify coming outside of the draft. Some guys who maybe played in the G League or were in other situations. And now we're in a situation where we can bring these guys together in the summer get them the first taste of how we're going to play offensively and defensively, 
and evaluate them. We'll use this period with Summer League, with workouts here in Minneapolis, and then going on to Vegas to play the games where we'll evaluate them, we'll develop them, you know, we'll see what we have in terms of the talent we've identified. And then from there, there's off-season workouts in August and September. And from there, it's training camp, uh, NBA training camp. And from there, the guys that don't make it, you know, we've effectively invested three, four months into preparing them to become Iowa Wolves. And then we'll continue their development. We'll continue their evaluation. But it's a systematic approach to get the most out of any opportunity when you can acquire talent. Gerson, just when I thought I'd figured out what a two-way contract was, you came up with a Studio 10. <laughs> I was trying to explain that to somebody. I said, wait a minute, we're going to have a Timberwolves guest on Sunday. I'm going to ask him to explain what a Studio 10 is. I think you mean an Exhibit 10. Exhibit uh, 10, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't have the name right. <laughs> no problem. We're just as confused as you are at times. But No, it's just different components to um, to add players to your team and to give them some flexibility to be able to add them to your G League program. And the league does a great job of supporting those efforts, and it's just a, it's just a mechanism to bring them into your program, evaluate them, and develop them, and decide what's the best route for them. Or maybe they're not good enough, and you got to go in another direction. If we were to ascertain a philosophy, though, based on what you want to see from the Timberwolves, it does look like it would be get ample wing players and upgrade the defense. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. You know, in the draft, and I've said this because I believe it, you know, this is a three- or four-year decision. I I hope these guys surprise me. I hope these guys are playing at the NBA at some level in the first year. But the reality is they're going to be in our G League team. They're going to be developing. You know, we're going to be investing in them as much as possible. So I wouldn't get too hung up on positions right now because that, you know, that'll affect us down the road. It's not going to be a factor now. Um, but part of that is we do want to play positionless basketball. We want to be smaller. We want to be faster. We want to be more versatile on the offensive end and on the defensive end. So more of a structure where you've got a point guard, three wings, and a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, and he's the big reason that allows us to play like that, a very dynamic player on both ends of the floor, and we're working hard to make sure that we put him in the best position possible and part of that is getting complimentary players guys that can shoot guys that can play make and guys that can defend around him you know we need to put a major emphasis on rebounding when you play small so that's why we want young tough guys physical guys that are going to be in there are going to be willing to put up a fight but it's a process you know it's a philosophy it's a style of play defense is a big part of it uh, but big picture we're still trying to build our program and we're just not trying to add talent to it as much as we can as you build your staff, it's clear there's talent all over the globe. What kind of a presence do you have in terms of on-staff personnel looking at Eastern Europe, Europe in general, Latin South America, your background is, China? I mean, how well are you represented around the globe? You know, it's a big part of who I am and, and what we're going to be about here, but this is a global game, and you have to respect it and cover it accordingly. So our eyes are everywhere throughout the globe, making sure that we're uh, scouting, evaluating, and making decisions on players anywhere. I feel like we're well-represented. Um, our assistant GM, Gianluca Pascucci, is one of the top scouting minds in the NBA, and he was a former GM and Armani Milan in Italy. So we're, we feel like that's one of our key strengths. You know, We have a coach in Ryan Saunders who values those types of players. So for us, international players are a strong base, and it's something that I think – in the future, you'll see more and more of in this program. Gerson, appreciate it very much. Thank you for giving us some time this morning. 
My pleasure, guys. Thank you very much. We'll talk soon. Gerson Rosas will try to get one of those Murray certificates, too. Uh, once Sid comes in, if he gets in here on time, we'll try to get uh, take care of him on that. And we'll talk some uh, uh, golf on the other side, the uh, PGA Championship. I guess it's been altered a little bit by the rain. but we Yeah, they got an early start on Hazeltine today. We're going to get the lowdown on that right after this break as you listen to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. Max Dave Bonus at Hartman on his way in. I was working out at the health club the other day, and uh, a man introduced himself to me that I'd seen there before by the name of Bob Favinsky, and he is the president of Hazeltine. I said, guess what? You're coming on the sports huddle on Sunday to tell us about the tournament and the impact it has on Hazeltine. He said, okay, and he joins us now. And, Bob, I guess, first of all, we've got to get a weather update. How are we looking, and, and, and how is it playing today? Because they've changed a few things, as I understand it, right, in terms of the schedule? Yeah, we had some rain, and thanks for having me on, Mike and Dave. Um, we had some rain overnight, as everybody knows, but uh, right, and so we moved the tea times back uh, to uh, nine o'clock. Nine twelve was our first tea time, and the leaders go off at about eleven thirty-five this afternoon or this morning. So, um, but right now it's not raining. We got our fingers crossed. Uh, you can still park on site for those that want to come out here, um, and um, you can walk right in. It's uh, the crowds are very manageable here, and uh, but it's very exciting. Bob, uh, are you going with threesomes instead of twosomes to try to speed yeah. things up? And what's everybody you know, who knows anything about Hazeltine wants to know, what did you do with 16 today? How long is it? Yeah, I haven't been out there yet, Dave, but um, I hear that the uh, tees are back again um, after Kerry had moved them up uh, yesterday to make it a little bit more exciting, but they're back again is what I hear. Okay. So, so when you host a tournament like this, you've had several of them. What, what's the takeaway? What's the best feel good at the end of it? What's the goal for for you as as uh, uh, to hear from or to report to have issued on or grade that you're given? What's your goal at the end of this when you get done? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, we uh, for those that have been involved in just generally in businesses or organizations or clubs or whatever. You know, you always ask yourself, what's your mission? And at Hazeltine National, our mission is very clear, and that is to have facilities and uh, conduct um, uh, major championships. And we have to have the facilities that are conducive to that. So for us as members here, when we pull off uh, another championship, we have an event like we did in 2016 at the Ryder Cup, that's our mission. Uh, we I've been the president here. I'm starting my third year now. And um, when I when I started uh, in this position, I looked at Hazeltine as belonging to the members, which, of course, it does. But really, it's a state treasure. And um, we bring championship-level golf to uh, the fans, the golf fans of Minnesota and the upper Midwest. We're really proud of that. I think there's an overwhelming sense of pride among the membership when we pull off another good uh, championship. So that's how we feel out here. Bob, you guys, I didn't realize it was your third year as president. Congratulations. Uh, you guys planned well in advance. I mean, you're, you're already in line for another Ryder Cup, which, uh, you know, I think a lot of people say that may be the finest Ryder Cup ever held in the United States. Yeah, we hear that all the time. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I travel a lot, and I, I see people in airports still wearing that 2016 Ryder Cup. It, is, uh, it was, I think, one of the best sporting events we've ever had in the, in the history of the state of Minnesota. Um, but um, we've had a busy couple of years. Um, you know, we have signed up four championships in the last two years uh, for the next nine years. So this is the first, uh, finishing up the KPMG today, hopefully. And then uh, we have the uh, USGA Junior Amateur uh, Championship next year, which is for 
boys age 18 and and below, and we co-host uh, that for the first two days with our partners out here, which uh, is the town course out in Chaska. Uh, and then it goes to stroke play after that at Hazeltine alone. And then in 2024, we bring back the U.S. Amateur again. We hosted that in 2006. That's our national championship. At one point, that was one of the four majors years ago. Uh, but it's a wonderful event. Uh, the finest uh, amateur golfers in the world coming will be here in 2024. And then again, we got the 28 Ryder Cup will be the first uh, club in American history to host a second Ryder Cup. So we're all very proud of that. And the state should be very proud of that as well. I, I, the one thing that when I hearken back to that Ryder Cup and, and, and as much as you can plan and all those things, and, and today's a good example of that weather, that window of weather, that week that we got in Minnesota was about as good a September week as you, if you were going to write it up, it couldn't get any better than that week. It was dry. It was, you know, cool at night, nice during the day. And then the U S winning it. Um, you almost had to look up in the skies and say, thanks for giving us one there. I mean, that, that was about as perfect as it could get, wasn't it? Uh, honestly, some, I don't know if you remember, but we had, for the 30 or 40 days prior to the event, we had 14 inches of rain. Yep. yep. And, uh, and so all of us out here, you know, we were saying prayers and we were, uh, we were hoping that uh, the weather would clear. And even early that week we had some rain, but then we got a strong wind early in the week. It dried the golf course out because this place drains great. And um, we just had, it was magical. I, in fact, I think it was maybe on Friday, I was at the first tee and I looked up, and there was an eagle that was circling the first tee. And I, <laughs> I thought, how can you script that? I mean, that just doesn't happen. I don't know where that came from, but it was it was phenomenal. Well, as long as you don't have those boaters off of 16, it'll be almost perfect. <laughs> yeah. You'll remember that <laughs> incident. Bob, thanks so much for calling us. Appreciate the update. We weren't exactly sure what time play began this morning. So if you want to, you can head out there right now and take in uh, and see all of the leaders. Yeah, yeah but it's, a, it's going to be an exciting day. We got some phenomenal golfers uh, out here, the, the world's best hundred women golfers out here. So if you want to come out here, you can park here. You can come on. You can with a paid ticket you can bring four kids under the age of seventeen. It's a great day. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it very much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Stay, Have a good day. Stay dry out there. Okay, that's a report from Hazel Team. Back with more right after this. Sports Huddle. Said David Mike. Mike, we're going to have a number of uh, Twins-related guests uh, in the upcoming portion, but they come through a week like they've just come through, and you're kind of going, well, wasn't the best week, and you realize they're at 50 wins already. 50, uh, and, and it was, um, I mean, let's be honest. The, the, there was a little uneasiness and teetering there by the end of the yeah. week when they lost to Kansas City on Friday night, or excuse me, Thursday night. And to come back on Friday and on Saturday, as you watch those games, you, at the end of yesterday's game, I just go, God, this is a fun season. You know, because you yeah. don't know, and they do come back. And you know, Barrios was uh, this poor kid. He 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 was a gamer this week. Yeah. Two outstanding performances, and didn't get a win. Uh, he's had he's been robbed of wins. I don't know how many times this year where he's pitched well enough. Yeah, it's easy to argue that he could have eleven or twelve wins based on how yeah. he's pitched when they've taken him out. A little concerned though. He left that uh, game yesterday with a blister. Sometimes a blister can last a couple of weeks. And they the way that pitching staff, starting pitching, is going, they they don't have room to be without him. If there's one thing that's become, you know, in terms of contending here, as much relief pitching, I think, would be easy to come by. But I would imagine now they're they're starting to dial in on starters uh, to fortify the middle of that rotation. You got to like Barrios. Uh, Gibbs has been a little up and down, but probably good enough. Uh, Perez, you're not quite sure now, 
Um, Pineda, we'll find Pineda, out more yeah, than and, and he, he wouldn't pitch in the playoffs anyway, right. and then you're going to get to the playoffs. So maybe but, in relief. Yeah. Uh, uh, like Nick Puto was saying last year, you know, you need the big gamers. You need yeah. the guys that can go long into games when you get to, because those are the ones that win it for you. And Oda Rizzi, the first, uh, Rizzi, yeah. you know, subpar performance out of him this week. So I agree with you. Uh, we'll have Derek Falvey on at 10.05, and I'm sure they're working the phones uh, trying to see what might be available. The names are, are well-known who's out there. Yeah. I think it's going to be a domino thing. Somebody's going to sign the first one, and then you're going to find four or five of those big names start tipping among starting pitchers. I think the relief pitchers will go later. Yeah, and because I don't think that you have to to rush them. But, uh, um, but you know, when, when the... The Yankees pulled off a deal last week for Carson. I didn't know they'd do something that soon in this no. whole process. But obviously, they're going. Hey, we're playing for a world championship here. Let's load it up. So and to get in Carson, Carnacion for what seemed like relatively a, a reasonable price. Yeah. I mean, Seattle paid him part of the money to take him off their hands. I gotta say this though, but the Yankees and the Red Sox, not, not true completely. But and I didn't study every player as a. But you know, as much as you think of them buying it in checkbook baseball, they do that. But there's a lot of players that came through their system that are playing well for them right now. I mean, they're not just they, – they no. develop some players too. I, I don't know every one of them. Uh, but, my gosh, the Red Sox have a lot of players that looks like came through their system. Well, Therese, Sanchez, George, Judge coming back. I mean, yeah. How about the prospect of putting Judge as your leadoff, man, because your, your lineup is so packed. That shortstop, Gregarious, I mean, he's good yeah. too. I was out uh, this weekend. at the, they, They've changed the rules. they got these top 100 Minnesota guys yeah. uh, uh, competing – and what they're doing because of all those problems they had with shoe contracts, uh, they're trying to take that out of. So instead of an AAU event, the high school league or high school federation of coaches runs it, and all the top coaches were out there. It was really fun to see. And Jim Molinari, the former Gopher coach, was down at Oklahoma. I mean, every school was there, and, and they got high participation, and they put it under one roof. And, and to do it in Minnesota, you couldn't. the coaches couldn't talk on camera, but I talked to several. Uh, this Dane Denga and this uh, Dawson Garcia and uh, Suggs was the only one that couldn't be there. But it's the next three classes. So you probably had 35 or 40 Division I uh, players down the road there. And to see all these coaches observing them was really something. When we come back, uh, Derek Falvey will be our first guest in Hollis Kavner. Yes, P.J. Fleck will be with us today at a semi-regular hour of 1030. So we'll talk some gopher football. Ken Herbeck will be with us at 11 o'clock. Mike Vack live after that. Should be fun. Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.